1: Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by E.P. Wealth.
2: As the years go by, the buzzy words change ever so slightly. Today is Amazon Prime Day in theory. A holiday made up invented to get us shopping in July. Christmas in July. When Amazon did it, Best Buy copied it. Target, Walmart all followed suit. Ten years ago, on this microphone, talking about the e-commerce sales coming from Amazon Prime Day, moved stock. The buzzwords have changed. Now it's, um, how's your web, Amazon Web Services doing? Anything going on there? We don't really care about the e-commerce. Been there, done that. And there's already been a step forward to let's leave Amazon Web Services behind and start talking more so about artificial intelligence. Every few years, the buzzy words change. Pretty normal. Yesterday, we had a winner in the NASDAQ, SP and the Dow, but the real winner was, again, the Russell 2000, outperforming all three major indices, telling us that professional investors are spreading the wealth, taking instead of pushing big gains in the NASDAQ at this point in time, up over 30% for the year. But now looking at areas like the Russell 2000, utilities, uh, international stocks, areas that have underperformed and saying, let's put some new money there to let the valuations come down maybe in the NASDAQ or to grow into those valuations. While we wait, we get rewarded in some undervalued areas. It may not be that easy. Cava was up 11% yesterday. That's that big uh, Mediterranean Chipotle-like Quick service restaurant. Haven't been to one. Don't really have much commentary on it, unfortunately. It is expected to have a run from the fellows that I talk to in the business. But again, I don't know if I would chase a food IPO, a restaurant IPO. The Federal Reserve is launching FedNow instant Payment Service. It's a big, big uh, change in our banking system. Those days that you can take to wait for your money to hit your account. Going to be replaced with a new system that will enable banks to send each other cash instantly 24-7 as an alternative to the existing system that runs only during regular business hours and often takes days to move money. That seems 21st century and it seems about appropriate. The Fed now enabled services will soon likely appear at the 41 banks that have been certified to participate so far. People moving money between banks or paying bills could complete their transactions in seconds without the need to plan payments days in advance. Some experts worry that allowing people to drain their bank accounts instantaneously could make Silicon Valley Bank runs more likely. I was going to say Silicon Valley Bank style runs, and I was like, no, 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 internal editor, work it out. Fed now has a transaction limit of 500,000 and banks can set their own ceilings to ensure that customers don't pull their deposits faster than they can say Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. That's a big banking system rule change. And another big rule change is expected that the large banks are going to have to have even bigger deposits to certify that they're clear and safe and good. Plus is that it'll make banking feel a little bit more protected. From runs, the downside is that banks will make less money. As an investor, I used to say I'd like to own a lot of financials for retirement. Right now, I don't say that. Regulations have changed my structure of a playing field. Big flooding in the Northeast, threatening lives and destroying roads. About 9 million people were under flood warnings yesterday. And some areas experienced once in millennium levels of rainfall as storms that began on Sunday pummeled northeast U.S. Vermont's having a situation where a dam may break, where you're like, that can't be good. The EU, the European Union, is looking into Ozempic and other weight loss drugs. They're opening a probe into potential suicide risks. Novo Drug Zosipic, and Saxenda and others containing smeglitude and lyric are linked to thoughts of suicide and self-harm based on three incidences, three in Iceland. I don't know enough of the science of this. In the United States, Wagovi carries a warning for suicidal behavior, even though clinical trials of the drug did not find it elevated the risk. That makes you think a little bit, right? A little bit. I know two or three people on Ozempic. And they seem normal and healthy, but I will certainly check in after reading this. And maybe, you know, if they've got a history of their life or their family, maybe they'll say, this isn't for me. 800-516-1220 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Let's talk about today because we've kind of hit the headlines there. There's some weakness in mega cap stocks, but the broader market had a good day yesterday. A dip in market rates, which has included the 10-year treasury below 4%, has been looked at as another support factor amongst the brokerages who upgraded components like Dow, uh, J P Morgan Chase. Jeffrey's upgraded 3M. It's kind of nice that we're not talking about the Magnificent 7 right now. Not a lot of market moving news. Tomorrow we're going to get the CPI. So it's easy to look at today as, um, I guess, an administrative day. If that makes any sense. The Invesco S&P 500 equal weight index gained nine tenths of percent on Monday, outperforming the market weighted S&P 500. We're hearing more and more in the last two months about equal weighted indexes versus the uh, cap weighted indexes of the magnificent seven. So if you don't know that story, the mega caps, the top seven, have gotten 80% of the returns on the S&P 500 this year. And there's still 493 companies. And that's what's starting to outperform in the last four to six weeks with a little bit of give and take action. I think it's kind of nice to see myself. I want everyone moving forward, maybe not at the same pace, but ultimately everyone moving forward. Carry over upside momentum from yesterday's broad rally. So if your portfolio is those seven big tech stocks, I have a lot of them. I talked about that yesterday. I have them all except for Tesla um, individually. And then I have them all in various S&P 500 indexes and indexes across my growth portfolio, ETFs and situations like that. So I'm way overweight in mega cap tech. I know that. It's a bit of a problem. So slowly but surely i'm starting to manage that problem with covered calls and other strategies to help alleviate the pressure wait and see mode right now ahead of the cpi tomorrow morning at 5 30 pacific 8 30 eastern that's going to be the story out there for a while blackrock says there's five mega forces are about to change how to invest i'm going to go over each and every one of them in the next segment Um, Of course, we know artificial intelligence is going to be one of those five, but there's others as well. I want to go over kind of trend investing. I have no problem with you embracing the idea of trend investing or demographic investing or fundamental investing or quantitative investing where you're just looking at numbers or technical where you're looking at charts. I think you ultimately should use a blend of them all. But um, BlackRock's a pretty smart trend investor. They throw out some good research. I'm going to share some of that with you when we come off break. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. What time do we have left, Mr. Producer? 30. 30. There we go. Was looking for the one s&p 500 is up fractionally today the dow jones industrial average up 60 the nasdaq down 33 we'll get into those top trends over at blackrock as soon as we can i'm rob black
1: you are listening to the rob black show podcast for more information on ep wealth visit robblack.com that's robblack.com
2: so disney's got some problems I think there's a Jay-Z song about I got 99 problems. I think Disney has some problems. Um, Let's start with the obvious. Their recent movie. Their recent movies and superheroes are not what their previous slate of movies. were able to pull off. um, In any way, shape or form. DC is having the same problem. I think we have superhero fatigue or maybe. That thrill of seeing Superman on screen, Batman on screen for the like sixth version. Um, Aquaman was kind of cool, but that was a tough movie to watch beginning to end for story development. It seems like people are getting a little burned out on superheroes. That's a big problem for Disney. That's strike one. But listen to this attendance at theme parks are down in the United States. They're not they're not. They're empty. I'm hearing anecdotal stories of people say they went to Disney or Universal, had no problem. Not like no lines at all. But not like crazy like they used to be. So Disney has some work to do. I, I do not feel great that they can turn that company around in the short term. Their crowd jewel ESPN is thinking about going completely online. They've cut talent pretty aggressively, which I understand the most expensive cost of doing business is labor. So when corporations do that, Microsoft has announced another set of job cuts. The Flash is now the worst box office flop in superhero film history. That's too bad. Um, it was kind of likable. I took my kids to see it, it wasn't great. Maybe, maybe you could say this. Maybe you're a little disappointed paying full price, but if you see it as matinee, it's a little bit better. But uh, biggest flop is not a good phrase to be associated with. Expected to lose about two hundred million dollars. What also I think really hurt the, all movies right now. All movies are lack of talk shows. So we're not seeing the Jimmy Kimmels and the Jimmy Fallon's interviewing the stars and saying, "Oh, that looks great." I know you're saying that's a great impression of Jimmy Fallon. Okay, get off my back. Um, BlackRock, this is what I promised. This is what I'll deliver. BlackRock says five mega forces are changing investing right now. These include AI, artificial intelligence, energy transitions, an aging population, and geopolitical tensions. Concerning AI, the firm sees data heavy companies as underappreciated winners. Let's talk about it. So BlackRock comes out with a mid-year report where they talk about five megatrends that have the potential to make or break portfolios. BlackRock upgraded the artificial intelligence sector. It cited the huge frenzy of enthusiasm around the budding technology. The company now has an overweight on the space given the potential boost it can offer to productivity, profit margins, and cost savings. The firm is optimistic that AI will fuel the valuations of Not just semiconductor companies, but hardware companies that have AI functions and software and data companies that train the AI. Sarah Silverman, comedian, is suing ChatGPT, OpenAI, and um, Meta, basically saying that you can type in, give me a summary of Sarah Silverman's book, and it does. And she says there's copyrighted information there. Interesting. It's going to be a... Three to five year implementation period where we try to figure out the rules after we've implemented the product. So. BlackRock is saying, here's a trend. And we're overweighting that trend. Now, again, you can invest in trends, you can invest in products, you can invest in demographics, you can invest in technicals, you can invest in fundamentals. There's so many ways to be a strategist. Valuations, quant, where you're just looking at numbers. There's the low carbon transition, another trend that BlackRock says is investable, the low carbon transition. Concerning, and you can go Google that, type in Google, show me some low carbon transition stocks. Considering the new innovation, investors should prepare for transition to low carbon economics. Expecting the shift to occur more quickly in developed nations, the seismic reworking of energy systems should give investors an opportunity to get ahead. The report cited the surge in electric vehicle pricing, which has benefited from the emphasis on low-carbon solutions. However, timing these lane changes will require investors to make assumptions on the future policies of governments, technology, and consumer preferences. Let's think about this for a little bit. Should you be a trend investor? Should you invest in every trend? Are there trends that you're going to be better positioned at than others? I, I think that's worthy of note. Kind of learn where you're going to be good and maybe not good. Some stocks that would benefit from a low-carbon future. Johnson Controls, ticker symbol JCI. Brookfield Renewable. And NextEra Energy. NextEra Energy is in EE. Johnson Controls is JCI. Brookfield Renewable is BEP. That's what a broker for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned on this show. So Johnson Controls is a company I used to know pretty well. Around 50% of carbon emissions come from the built environment, including 27% from building operations. And builders must invest in themselves, ultimately to meet their net zero emissions goals. Retrofitting buildings by investments um, on the owners, Johnson Controls should do well. That includes Improving uh, ventability, ventilation, (laughs) making it a cleaner building, ventability. Uh, Johnson Control is not a bad company, so I miss seeing it in my charts, if that makes any sense. Uh, Very boring control, uh, very boring equipment company, industrial equipment. A next trend that BlackRock, big money manager, Says they say artificial intelligence trend, low carbon transition trend. Geopolitical fragmenting. They've got dimmer outlooks for the future of international order and investors should prepare for further world fragmentation. No longer will economic efficiency govern geopolitical relations. They're pointing at the US and China. Spurring protectionist policies, BlackRock expects investments in infrastructures and robotics to grow. Meanwhile, the possibility of future confrontations amongst other rising powers could mean growth in defense, aerospace and cybersecurity sectors. So that's a fascinating one. One BlackRock is saying that you should invest in robots because we can't count on China to make our our goods cheap for us anymore. An aging population is another trend. The world's aging population is a megatrend. The future labor force shrinks for a number of markets. This has implications on productivity. It has implications on growth, has implications on government spending. It is an inflationary boost, given that retired populations will maintain spending levels, despite levels of productivity going down in the economy. When companies raise their prices, it tends to equal more profits over the long term. It tends to hurt the average worker. And the final Area that they're talking about is the banking sector being reshaped. Credit availability will tighten. BlackRock remains underweight on equities tied towards banking. I'm Rob Black.
1: What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. A friend
2: of mine's a little bit, how shall we say, um, simple when it comes to investing in money and savings. He had a paycheck from late last year that he had forgotten to cash. I'm like, who? Who cashes paychecks versus deposits them automatically? But I digress, and I'm, I'm making fun of a friend, and that's rude of me. But long story short, I said, "Well, what are you going to spend the four thousand dollars on?" He says, "I'm thinking about buying a refrigerator." I'm like, "But you rent?" And he goes, "Yeah, but I'd be able to keep it." I'm like, "But then you'd have to ship it to wherever you're going to move next." and it ain't cheap to ship a refrigerator. And he's like, yeah, you know, I've got a kid and you know, it's a lot more food. And I'm like, tell the landlord, get a new refrigerator, you've been there long enough. Anyhow and anyway, um, even if I'm not gonna say sabotage it, but I want to be buying a refrigerator for a place I rent. Not that big ticket item, but I said, if you do, do take a look because it's Amazon Prime and Macy's has a big sale right now. And Target does as well. Um, Best Buy, where you can buy refrigerators. At least shop around when they're on sale. And I don't know. To me, that's just. um, I'm almost at shock. That. At his age, he wouldn't be thinking I should invest this versus I should buy a refrigerator for a rental property. But some people are like that. They're they're doomed to make financial mistakes. Real estate experts say mortgage rates won't go back down to 3% in my lifetime. Wow. That's quite a statement. But you know what? 25 years ago, have you ever told me that mortgage rates would go down to 3%? I'd say no way. I think it was a once in a lifetime, once in a generation interest rate. I've got two mortgages now at that rate or below, and I don't want to ever prepay them. The 30-year fixed mortgage rates of 3% or less were an anomaly related to the pandemic. It lasted from about July 2020 to November 2022. Historically, rates have been closer to 7% over the past 50 years. Fearing a prolonged recession, the Federal Reserve followed the playbook that it used in 2008, pumping money into the economy to stimulate growth. And as was the case in 2008, the Fed slashed interest rates nearly 0%, creating emergency lending programs and bought government bonds and mortgage-backed securities, otherwise known as quantitative easing. Congress has passed trillions of dollars of stimulus spending, which helped increase U.S. national debt by roughly 30% from 2020 to 2022. So mortgage rates, I don't think, go back down to 3%. This expert doesn't think so either. And I think if we get to 6%, 5%, sometimes 45 that would be lovely. But that would also imply a really stressed economy. Now, again, not saying we're not going to get another pandemic. We could. Not saying we're not going to have another run on the banks where the Fed has to step in and, and provide a lot of money to a lot of people. They could. Both those scenarios would lower interest rates, but not down to 3%, with the 2.67% hitting rock bottom in January of 2021. So, if you're looking for super low, trust me, I don't think you get it. And I think I benefited from super low with price appreciation on the equity. But now it's going to be more of a historical kind of playbook. Let's keep going around. Tomorrow is the next CPI report. This is big. Um, Fundstrat's Tom Lee says, if the inflation number comes in weak, week, IE not as bad as inflationary pressures, if it comes in a week, he thinks the market has room to rally. Here's the weird part about the CPI consumer price index. It's tied towards the collection of data in 75 urban markets throughout the country. It's from twenty three thousand retail and service establishments data on rents are collected from about fifty thousand landlords or tenants. The weight for an item is derived from reported expenditures on that item from the consumer expenditure survey. It's not an easy index to figure out because it's got a lot of inputs. The Fed paused or skipped interest rate hikes at their last meeting, but they are expected on. Um. They're meeting later this month to raise interest rates, 25 basis points. For savers, that's good news. For investors, that's bad news. But the investors kind of know that this game is almost over as far as interest rate hikes go. Um, Keep in mind, we are in the back half of the year. In theory, the Fed would like to be finished raising interest rates before the next election cycle kicks in. So that they don't look political. That's always been the theory, but I don't know if you can feel comfortable hearing that. Generation Xers are worried about social security. Always interesting what generation Xers are up to. The viability of the program. I'm a generation Xer. But those who haven't prioritized retirement savings may need to ramp up savings immediately. Um, Social Security has never been a, a system to me that looks like, oh, that's, you know, chocolate ice cream and, and bananas and and like all the good things in the world. Bananas. Bananas. That's the best I can come up with. That's chocolate ice cream and all the like uh, everything you could ever dream of. I don't know. I guess I like chocolate ice cream. Social Security might have to cut benefits as early as 2034 which when I do the math, I'm like, hey, that's during my retirement. 86% of Generation Xers are worried about their future of Social Security. Older Generation Xers are in their late 50s, while younger members of the generation are in their early 40s. I'm part of the older generation. Social Security is tied towards your investments, not your investments, your earnings. So your window for saving and investing and earning is starting to shorten Social Security full age retirement 67 for my generation. That could technically shift if lawmakers opt to make changes to rule. It's an age that might signal a desire to retire 67. I don't know when I'm going to retire, but I do know I'm going to do part time work between now and then. And I don't know if I'll ever fully retire. If I could do a once a week podcast, I'm in. I'm 97 years old and I still own Apple. What's wrong with me? Um, just throwing that down there for you. That's what I'm going to sound like at 97. A recent study out of Northwestern found that the average retirement savings balance amongst workers in their 50s is $110,000. That's my generation and I'm ashamed of it. One hundred and ten thousand dollars on top of Social Security is not enough. Sorry. One hundred and ten thousand dollars will pay you about four thousand dollars of income and protect that asset till the day you die. Or it's a couple roof changes or a couple of car crashes or medical emergency. And that's it. And then suddenly you're in poverty. Yay. Rob's in a good mood today. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Can't have it every day. Elon Musk is jabbing at Mark Zuckerberg. It's going full juvenile. Uh, they're literally ch- exchanging eight-year-old insults with each other. And it's kind of sad. Um, I feel bad for the CEO of Twitter. She took the job, and she doesn't get to like control the company or be the spokesperson of the company. It's still Elon Musk. Now, again, does Elon Musk have a point when he says threads is just Instagram minus pictures, which makes no sense, given that thirst pictures are the main reason people use uh, Instagram? He says, how many times have you read comments on Instagram and wish there were more? He says, personally, never. He's slamming Mark Zuckerberg for saying signups are not really signups when you're just converting Instagram users. Hey, he's got some points. And there's no doubt from looking at some of the numbers that threads can cannibalize Instagram, take advertising away from their own platform. But if there's also a way of looking at it is their salespeople can say, hey, you want to buy one, you get the second one for free or half price. And that might be attractive. But the fight is on. The fight is on between Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg. And it just seems silly from a distance. 800 to each call on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, we've already hit, although I didn't really make it powerful enough, that the SEC is voting on rules to prevent money market runs. Interesting. Swing pricing would deter a dash for cash by adjusting the fastest withdrawals for the liquidity costs they leave on those remaining in the fund. There's a saying in the woods, so says Gary Gensler, you don't have to outrun a bear. You just have to outrun one of your fellow campers. That's very, very true. I've told my spouse when we've camped before, if uh, we ever see a bear, I'm gonna first thing I'm going to do is tie my shoes. She says, you're not going to play dead or make loud noises? I'm like, nope, tie my shoes. And she goes, why are you going to tie your shoes? Because I said, all I got to do is outrun you. And if I have to push you down to outrun you, I will. And it's a joke, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not really that mean, but in my heart of hearts, I want to be. Anyhow, let's move forward, shall we? Let's take a look at where the market's going today. Um, We are one week out of the first half of the year, so we're in the back half. And today, I'm seeing the Russell 2000 outperform the NASDAQ, the Dow, and the S&P. That's good, in my opinion, in large part because the Russell 2000 has lower valuations, and it tells me people are not drunk. They're not saying... Stocks go higher forever if you own the Magnificent Seven, which I own six of the seven directly, and I own the other one in funds for sure. I like seeing the Russell 2000, even though it's the smallest amount that I've invested in my 401k in my retirement. 10. I like seeing it playing a little catch up, ladies and gentlemen. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show.
1: Don't want to work forever? Check out the retirement planning guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth.
2: There's a little bit of fatigue in going on vacation to Disneyland, Disney World, Disney Resorts. In something that Disney rarely does, you're seeing them not slash prices, but they're offering discounts on hotels around Christmas, which is typically a peak period. That and the underperformance of their movies, which generally have been getting poor reviews for not being great movies anymore. Creates a problem for shareholders. You have a CEO who... Is only back for two years, so he doesn't have a lot of time to turn around the company and set a a successor. It's a little bit of a problem. Uh, These are things that Wall Street wants to believe in leadership product. Attractions around the world for Disney are continuing to be built, which cost money frozen. A new frozen product is going to be in place in Disney Paris hong kong resorts as utopia attractions being added in shanghai uh, were those the last two lovable movies by disney as far as animation goes maybe it feels like it right but it's not just disneyland and disney world the number of people who visited universal's two florida theme parks in 2022 combined exceeded the level set in 2019 attendance at walt disney's world theme parks was lower in 22 than in 2019 Now, Disney's got limited capacity at its park through reservation systems that it implemented in 2022. And they've also been raising the heck out of prices again and again and again and again. And two years ago, I would have said that's a great thing because people keep paying it until they don't. The company Disney increased the cost of multi-day tickets by 9% or more in October, with the price of a two-day ticket rising from $255 per adult to $285 When I see numbers like that, all I instantly see is, wow, these people are giving up their retirement funds to go to Disney. And that's okay. That's okay. The first time I went to a Raiders game 25 years ago on the frozen tundra of Oakland. OK, I'm mixing some things up there. Right. But the point being, the first time I went, I was I couldn't believe how much people spent on jerseys and barbecuing and uh, costumes and um, the whole experience, which is great. I, I, I love the idea of experience, but off at the back of my head, I was like, I wonder if these people are saving for retirement because as I've already talked about earlier, the average boomer only has one hundred and ten thousand dollars saved for retirement. And that's not good enough. That's shameful in my world. If you're going to Disney and you're going to Raiders games and that's your savings. I don't want to get out the shame bell from HBO's Game of Thrones, but shame, shame, shame. Okay. Maybe I'd get out the shame bell, but our production limitations are, are, are high right now in, in radio. Did you know Apple's vision pro is only going to be done by appointment only? People are having a lot of like, what's this all about? You're gonna have to go into an Apple store and they're going to look at your eyeballs and they're going to look at your prescription and they're going to craft the thing, the last set of uh, features for you. Again, that's at the beginning of it, not at the end of it. It's worthy of note. And uh, just throwing that down there the Apple visions pro will take far longer than iPad uh, to succeed, but it will spur big revenue is the expectation. Keep in mind, Apple's AirPods, when they first rolled out, people were like, that's kind of weird looking. People never go with that. Took some time, but it grew into it nicely. In 2004, three years after its launch, Apple broke the iPod out into its sales, own sales category. That's when you know it's doing well. When Vision Pro gets its own sales category. By the time the iPhone was announced, the iPod was the source of almost 40% of annual revenue for Apple. Can you imagine the iPhone kind of gobbled up the iPod? Americans went nuts over iPods. Remember the dancing shadows? Or dancing silhouettes, maybe is the right way of saying it. The original iPhone sold one million units in less than three months and topped 10 million units during its first full year. By 2009, it generated a third of Apple's revenue. The iPad was instant blockbuster, making Apple nearly $20 billion in revenue, or about 18% of its sales. You can kind of see how they try to work launches. But the Apple Vision Pro, which will likely be placed in the same financial reporting category of AirPods and Beats as devices, um. And the watch, you know, finally, they got their own breakout category. So Apple plans appointments for Vision Pro launch. They're looking for localizing its international debut. The appointment strategy mirrors the Apple Watch debut in 2015 when you were encouraged to go in and find the right band and Uh, take a look at the different colors and how but you want it to spend on it so they're going to try to get it into you into the stores so that they can get the proper head sizing the right light seal the optional prescription lenses the head strap at one time rather than waiting for a delivery of putting it all together yourself I was playing with the new iOS 17 operating system it's getting a little bit better But it's not revolutionary in any way, shape, or form. There's little interface tweaks to the mental well-being, the deleted photos album, the home app. Apple Music's getting enhanced credits menus. So again, I'm not feeling like this is a massive change so far after three updates. Um, I do like some of the stuff they're doing with uh, photos, though. I will throw that down as a guy who has kids and who cherishes his photos and he has his kids of. Anyhow, anyway, um, the Hollywood strike now is starting to get expensive. The strike is said to be costing California $30 million a day. If it runs over 100 days, that would be about $81 billion in direct wages from 800000 film and TV jobs. Much of the Hollywood unrest is a result of streaming rise as studios like Netflix and Disney hustle to crank out new content to keep subscribers happy. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to the show. And um, any ideas or feedback, always welcome, as long as they're cool, kind. Rob at RobBlackShow.com.
1: For more information about EP Wealth, visit RobBlack.com. That's RobBlack.com.